Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie Sit Down, World Football <laughs> Index's podcast for your Calcio to go. I'm Frank Ravello. He's Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. <laughs> Ciao, Frank. I'm laughing because I'm the intro is winding down. So you see you running to the screen and getting ready. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I was, just, I, was grabbing, I was grabbing some water and then I looked at the time left on the countdown and I'm like, I got enough time to take a piss. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, I'm going to sit here and be miserable for the whole time and, and nobody wants that. I was prepared to leave the intro, so I'm glad I didn't have to. So there you go. <laughs> Ciao, awesome. Apex. Yeah, this is a hey, Apex is in the house. Uh, join us if you are uh, if you're watching us live here. Uh, jump in the chat. Let us know who you are. Um, we've got uh, we've got a good show. We're gonna you know just a little change in how we do the format. Uh, we're gonna talk. Uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna break down some of the marquee games and the games surrounding uh, the chase for top four. Uh, we'll begin with that. We'll talk about uh, then the games that were involving the teams that were in the relegation. I think that yeah. Serie A just happened to work out. We're kind of divided nicely. Got Monza Fiorentina in there, which you know we'll put in the second half, but it was a very exciting game nonetheless. Uh, we'll have previews of the second leg of the Coppa Italia, where we've got Inter and Juventus with a 1-1 uh, deadlock at the moment. And then you've got Cremonese and Fiorentina. Uh, playing on Thursday, a 2-0 advantage to Fiorentina. Plus, we've got big games this weekend. Uh, the, uh, Milanese, the Milanese clubs are taking on the Roman clubs, uh, where you have uh, Milan traveling to Roma. You've got Inter playing host to Lazio. Big, big games that uh, could create a little bit of a shakeup uh, in the yeah. pursuit of top four. And before we begin, uh, some shout-outs real quick. Uh, shout-out to Interworldwide and Anthony for having us on yes. uh, on his show. Uh, shout-out to uh, Roberto and uh, Joe on Low Limit Football for having me on their show as well. And then shout-out to Scott Monroe. Uh, I'm going to try, try to join him for a little Milan-Roma preview uh, in La Magia cast. Uh, so definitely check all those guys out. Follow them. I'll do all that stuff. Wonderful. Wonderful. Where are my invites to these things? <laughs> I'm too. I'm too. I, you know, I'm not offended. I'm too busy. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. My kids have soccer. Well, that was the that was the running excuse all last year. Why? Uh, yeah, I remember. Well, yeah, Jerry gave up on inviting me to come on Calcio Connection because I kept saying, "Well, my kids have soccer. I can't be there." So, yeah. so, <laughs> and then it was kind of funny because when. I think when one of their last ones, like in June last year, when you joined them, I I actually had COVID. Yeah, um, yeah. I was watching you guys, you know, and I was like, "Gee, guys, thanks for the invite." <laughs> and Alex said to Jerry, "Why didn't you invite Frank? Because <laughs> he's all." And Jerry just went on a rant about me. Awesome. So, yeah, <laughs> it was great. Said every time I invite that guy, he's got his kids are in soccer and he can't make it, so I just stopped inviting him. <laughs> so, uh, hope you're doing well, Jerry. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, if Lazio can keep going, we're going to have to get him on to talk Lazio here soon. Yeah, yeah. So, Maybe this weekend coming up. Who knows? You know, well, not, not, well, it's good we didn't do it today. So a uh, uh, little bit of a stumble for them. We'll uh, talk about that among all of the games here uh, that took place. Um, we begin with 
we begin with uh, the marquee game of the weekend, Juventus-Napoli, 1-0 to Napoli, Raspadori, the new jack-in-the-box, I suppose, uh, in, with a goal-of-the-week candidate uh, in stoppage time to give Napoli a 1-0 win uh, and have the teams around Juventus uh, happy that they were all in a position to gain points on them. So that was a massive uh, result for Juve. Uh, I mean, for the teams around Juve, but it was a massive result for Napoli because it put them 17 points clear, Richard, with seven games to go. Um, It is all over, but just giving the trophy uh, to Napoli and a a 33-year wait uh, uh, will come to an end. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we've we've been wondering – we knew it was going to happen all this year uh, at some point because they were just had such a massive lead. And how fitting would it be for them to get it at the Diego Armando Maradona Stadium? Um, it would have, you know, I mean, it may have been nice for them if they kind of could have won it at Juve, right? But I think it's better to do it at home. Uh, sure. And like Spalletti trying to calm the crowds, like, hey, calm it. We haven't won anything yet officially, you know. And so they still probably need a little bit of help, for, I think, from Lazio and Inter. But uh, yeah, it's a fantastic season by them, and um, what a fitting way to. Uh, I guess put yourself on the precipice of, of a title with a nice victory against your arch rival. Exactly. Exactly. And I think if here in match week 32 should Napoli win, and I believe they've got Salernitana at home next week. Yes, correct. Um, yes. And then Lazio drop points uh, at Inter. Then officially the title will be uh, Napoli's with six games to spare uh, a pretty uh, special campaign uh, from Luciano Spalletti's side. Yeah. Um. What what do you let's let's talk about let's give Napoli their due here because they're on they're on the cusp uh, before we get into some of these other games uh, and we kind of talk about how it all relates to Juventus' situation. Um, if you had to pick one thing that stood out for Napoli and why they won this title, because let's just face it, they're going to win it. Uh, what's the one thing you can look to over everything? And there's a lot of superlatives here with this Napoli side, but what's the one thing that you think stands out that if it they didn't have this, they're back with the rest of the chasing pack? I think the main thing for me with Napoli, and more so than any other recent winners outside of maybe when Juve were you know dominating, um, is that they were so consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have really a, a downward spiral. They had maybe a couple games, but that was it. Uh, they were super consistent from the beginning to the end, and full credit has to go to Luciano Spalletti for for a guy who his teams have always been known to drop, especially like in January and February. His whole team, he they, they, kept, it, they kept it level the whole time, the consistent every time. Um, they rotated when they had to. Um, had deep squad, fantastic. Obviously, some superstars on the team, but the fact that they kept this, the the results levels, you know, every yeah. single time, that's impressive. I mean, you could look at the last three, four winners, the Scudetto, and every one of those teams had a little bit of dip in form. Napoli really didn't have it, right? They maybe had a couple games where they, you know, they lost, you know, to Inter and, and Milan in a stretch or Lazio in a stretch. So, other than that, they. They've been pretty much flawless, and it's it's fantastic. And they even showed in the Champions League too. And um, it just what a wonderful season by Spalletti. He deserves all the credit in the world for this. I mean, the team is fantastic, but I think it all comes down to Spalletti, and he finally found a team 
kind of like Pioli last year, where it's just a perfect fit for him and and fully deserved for him. And congratulations to Napoli ahead of time. Uh, but that's that's the most that's the thing that sticks out for me is the consistency. How about you? I like that shout about consistency because what have we uh, every single time Spalletti has had. You know whether it's whether they get to like the you know they, he's had Roma teams get to the quarterfinals of the of the Champions League and then they just get battered. I remember I think it was oh seven to Man United when they lost seven to one. Yeah. Um. You know where, you know they this this Napoli side were never rattled. Um. They never wavered. You know when they faced some adversity and they got beat, they they never wavered. They just took a difficult loss, um, in the Champions League to Milan. Uh, at midweek and got eliminated and they got right back up and played Juventus and beat them. Um, You know, the, the, the old Spalletti teams didn't carry the same kind of mentality. Um, I think it's been said and regurgitated, not just by us, but by others. I know Nima has said this a lot. This is clearly the most talented team Luciano Spalletti's ever had to work with. Yeah. So uh, I'll say, um, you know, you, I mean, it's, 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 I think it's low-hanging fruit uh, to point out Faratelia's, uh contributions. Yeah. Um, but I will say having Victor Alciman, okay, he's he missed some games here yeah. recently, but having him fit for a very large part of the season, and I get there were players like Raspadori, there were players, you know, and you had Simeone at your disposal, but what Ossiman delivers – um, week in and week out to be able to score, to be able to provide, you know, to have him on a much wider range of games, have him available for selection for a larger number of games than you've had in the past, I think was, you know, I, you know, I think that's, I think that stands out too. Yeah. Um, you know, to be able to go consistently to that, to that central striker to, to score goals because prior to him, Okay, and with with Saudi, they had Dries Mertens in the false nine, and that worked out for a little bit, didn't it? Yeah. Um, but then tell me between him and then Osimhen, you know, who's going to probably win Capo Canigliari here, you know, where was the set? Who was the center forward that you were relying on for goals? I mean, it came from a variety of sources, but then when those sources didn't come through, what did you have? So exactly, exactly. Um, you know, so I think that having him for a long period, you know, for a longer period of time, um, and just how quickly the team came together, you know, yeah. at the, and I've repeated this so many times on this podcast at the beginning of the season, I said, this is the team that I think goes through some struggles through the first few games because of all the losses that they had, these guys needing to come together and play a little bit. But over the last, my thought was over the last 10 games of the season, look out, this team's going to batter everything in their path and be the hot team for next year. Yeah. Um, fair to say, they're ahead, they're ahead of schedule. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well ahead of that schedule. And they so, keep the pieces together will be the million-dollar question, right? Exactly. Because – and if they don't keep the pieces together, or are they going to get a lot of money uh, for the ones they can part with? Yeah. I mean, I, you're already talking – you're already hearing some of the dollar amounts um, that can uh, – that are being bandied about, especially when it comes to Alcimen and Quadratalia. Yeah. But we'll see. I think they just – didn't they just sign Quadratalia to an extension? Yeah. So yeah. that's locked up. And I think that all Seaman still has some time on his contract, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Um, and then Kyle making a great comment about Minjai Kim. Um, uh, you know, 
we thought this defense was in some trouble without Koulibaly, and Kim has stepped in and taken yeah. taken that responsibility and run with it. So, but, I think Napoli are okay if next season, if somehow they they can't hold on to Osimhen or Havrashilia because they got some pretty good depth, right? You know, Cholito Simeone is a fantastic striker. He's not Osimhen level, but he can still produce. Uh, and then they got some, you know, some some options. They can play the wing. Obviously, they're not going to be as dynamic with those two missing. I think the biggest piece if they lose would be Kim in the back because there really is no compliment for him back there. I mean, Rahmani's back there with helping him out and and a couple other guys, but really Kim's a good, the glue back there that holds everybody together. And yes, yeah, Lorenzo and Rui kind of had these fantastic years this year, kind of helped culminate that back four. Yeah. Uh, but Kim is such a valuable piece, and I think if he of the of the three main guys on the team, if he were to go. That would be the biggest loss for Napoli next season. But, you know, hopefully they keep all three pieces and we'll really see what they're made of and see what the rest of the league is made of. Can they match them? Because these guys are setting the bar that much higher than everybody else. Yeah. And I think this is clearly the best we've seen Stanislav Lobotka play yeah. uh, since coming over, too. Um, I think that that has to be said. Uh, you know, constantly putting his name in the in the team in the team sheet week in and week out has been. Gisa as well. He's had a yep. breakthrough season for sure too. Exactly. Uh, exactly. You could almost make the argument that you know say has it ha, ha, you know if it's not for some certain individual performances across some other teams across Serie yeah, A that if we did our team of the season, we could put in this we can put in this whole Napoli starting eleven. Yeah. Yeah. You very. And I don't think anyone would complain. Um, you know, that's how good they've been. Yeah. We might, might, might put somebody else on the right, on the right from another team. I'm sure that so. Milanisi would also complain too, but, uh, yeah, no, I think, I think the talent and the production that the Napoli starting 11 have put up is, uh, it's unquestionable. And it, you know, it's very reasonable to say all starting all 11 deserve to be in a starting 11. It's, it's a yeah. fair argument to make. It kind of, you know, just it's the team of the season being the whole Napoli side. I think I actually saw that. Many many years ago with Ajax, like in '95 or '96, when they just walked yeah. the era Divisie, yeah. and they just the, and the Champions League, right? That year, I think it was the that, year. But... No, not the year they beat. It was this. It was. It was the year they beat Milan or lost. I to think Milan. it was. It might. It, it was either the year they beat Milan or it was the year, following year when they lost to Juventus that they just completely smashed their way through the era Divisie, yeah. and you know the people who did the writing for that just. Gave the, the 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 regular starting eleven for Ajax was the whole team of the Eredivisie team of the season. Yeah, like nobody else could get in. So um, <laughs> could have a similar scenario here, but I think that our team of the season will. I, I right now it. at least five. Okay, at yeah. least Kim, uh, uh, Labotka, Quadraselia, uh, and then um, maybe Moret. Di Lorenzo probably, yeah. There hasn't been much. There hasn't been much to be thrilled about at, at the right back position. We're getting close to eleven, Frank. We're getting close to eleven. <laughs> yeah, we got five. There's our there's our five for sure that are probably locked into this team. You know, at the end of the season. So we'll um, we'll see how we'll see what that we'll see what that means to the rest of it. Merritt's certainly yeah. Merritt's certainly in contention, but man, the way Mignon's playing lately, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, going to be kind of hard to keep him off the team. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so Juventus, they lose this match after getting their 15 points back. Um, yeah. you know, Crazy week for them, huh? Crazy week for them. Yeah, having a cushion over the likes of Milan and Roma and that sort of thing. But now those teams are played back into it. And, um, you know, so 
we'll t- let's talk about Juventus after we get through these other games that involved what happened around the top four. Okay. Um, Lazio losing at home 1-0 to Torino on a wonderful goal by Illich uh, to uh, separate the sides there. Uh, Milan 2, or excuse me, Empoli nil Inter 3, Romelu Lukaku, Big Rom's back, uh, two goals, and then he also set the yeah. table for Lautaro Martinez to put it away. Uh, great performance there from Inter when you were starting to have your doubts about their ability to suddenly score goals. Uh, they woke up and answered the call. Yeah. Now Milan 2, Lecce nil. Uh, Sandro Tonali, our friend Mo said that was a Pirlo-esque, uh, service on that corner, um, yeah. uh, to hit Rafael, hit Rafael Leao, who headed home. Uh, and then second goal, uh, Rafael Leao with a goal of the week candidate decided to take the uh, Lecce defense for a run. Um, smiling as he, he struck with his uh, – just like he smiled when he put the ball across for Giroud. I mean, I, that yeah. just blows my mind that he's able to do that. That's the, um, most, the best player to watch is when he's in his stride and he's just smiling. How, you cannot, how can you not love him when he does that, you know? It reminds me of when the Bucks had Milwaukee Bucks uh, when we had Ray Allen years and years and years oh, ago. Yeah. When he'd lead a he'd kind of lead a fast break or get it down court or or uh, or some you know or something like that. You know, he was just smiling because he, he he smiled with that look on his face like he he knew what was happening next and the other team wasn't going to stop it. Yeah. So uh, and then Atalanta three Roma one. This is a huge result because this this squeezes this title race. Uh, the, the, I mean, not title race, but top four. Yeah, uh, there's five teams in play for these remaining three spots now with this Atalanta win. Mario Pasalic with a goal of the week candidate volleying home uh, after some great work from Duban Zapata. Rafael Toloi in the 74th minute. Uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini would pull one back in the 83rd, but then a horrific mistake uh, at the back uh, with Rui Patricio and I believe it was Roger Ibanez in, yeah, in that particular so. moment, uh, giving two and Cope Miners a gift. Uh, and putting it away for Ladea. Uh, so 3-1 there. Um, before we want, I think you wanted to talk about the flares in that Atalanta-Roma game before we uh, dive into what everything means for these teams. Yeah, so the game was obviously at home for Atalanta, and it was a, it was a good game by them. I mean, I thought you know Roma had their opportunities, but Atalanta, Atalanta were just certainly clinical. Um, throughout the game, you saw flares in the crowd by, I imagine, well, definitely Atalanta support. I don't know if the Roma support as well. Um, and I, I know at least once, if not twice, the flares got onto the pitch. Uh, certainly when it was 3-1, I think at that point, um, flare got onto the pitch and it stopped the game. Uh, and, I mean, the fans, if they were Atalanta fans, uh, either side of it, it doesn't matter. You're, you're nearly costing your team three magical points by getting, you know, if they're very close to getting a forfeit if you know we've seen in games before where flares from the crowd you know interrupt the game the referee said forget it we're done uh and imagine costing your team who's trying to team like atalanta who's trying to get into the in the top four uh or just get up in the table as high as they can and then re- get ruined by your fans or you know even roma if it was the roman fans like you ruin your chance at the top four too by you know possibly getting your your uh, it was on the roma end is if i remember uh roma the Roma's uh, or Atalanta's goal section. So um, away from the Atalanta curva. That's how I was thinking the Roma. But yeah, just again, idiotic people trying to mess things up for you know their teams, and 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 a lot of the times the teams pay for the idiotic mistakes from the from the fans. Uh, and that would have been very unfortunate if that game was were to be forfeited and made three nothing for the other team, uh, because both teams were playing well and both teams had a lot on the line. And you'd hate to see a game determined by that. But luckily, nothing was. 
uh, came out of that. I think the referee was very close to calling that game. Luckily, no other flares came up after that that last stoppage. So uh, yeah, hopefully they get things better. But I mean, fans are just hurting their own teams. It just week in a week out, just you can't learn from each other. Yeah, it's uh, you know. Got to be careful with how you, you got to get out there and got to get out there, support your team, obviously, but don't get, don't engage in behavior. That's going to put your team at risk. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, just foolish. Uh, let's, you know, okay. So Juventus gets their 15 points back, but then drop, lose this game to Napoli. You know, as we talk about all of this, um, a couple of incidents in this game, Richard, that, yeah, as we come back to the Juve Napoli game, first of all, the incident between Gatti and Quadratelia, where it appears that Gatti strikes Quadratelia, yeah, um, uh, but does not get any discipline for it, and then the Di Maria goal, which is canceled out because of the foul uh, that happened uh, in the buildup. Uh, your takes on both of those incidents? Uh, Eduardo says, "Seems UEFA wants to ban UEFA from UEFA competitions." We'll get to that. Um, yeah, so the first one, which was the Gatti on Havrashelia, um, a lot of Juventini were saying that uh, Havrashelia were diving. Not uh, Some Juventini were saying that, that he was diving. You look back at the replay, and Gatti clearly is intending to strike him. Like they're saying, oh, it was innocent strike. Like, no, Gatti took a, a full swing at, at, at Havrashelia and then struck him mm-hmm. on the side of the head. Um, should have been a yellow at minimum. It really should have. I've seen that called red. But I think for this kind of game, I would have been fine with a yellow because it was yellow at minimum. I've seen some of you team even say, yeah, that's, that's, that's clearly yellow. It was a missed call by the referee. Uh, so I don't know how that was missed, how VAR didn't catch that. And then you go back to, you know, as the game goes on, the game really picked up in terms of intensity, scoring chances late in the game. And it was a play which we thought was going to be the game winner by Di Maria in the 82nd minute where you see the play coming out of the, the Napoli def- or the Juventus defensive end. Uh, Milik and Labotka clash. The ball keeps going down, and Di Maria ends up scoring a wonderful goal, right? Yeah. Uh, and then it comes back, and referee they go to VAR and they say no, it's a foul on Milik against Labotka. And lots of people are showing this frame, and I don't have the frame up here, but they said the frame, and it shows that Milik's foot is on the ball. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, that's true. But if you go back two frames, his foot is on Labotka's leg, and like you, you're trying to display the angle. If you play the whole video, you can see the whole thing, and. You know, it was a clear foul. I don't know what people are so upset about because that was a legit foul on Milik. Uh, completely got the leg first before he got the ball, took him out. So that was a fair call. And then minutes later, you went to score again, right? This time I think it was Vlahovic who scored a goal. Uh, and then that was deemed offsides. Just just so offsides, but he was definitely offside. So I think yeah, the calls outside of the Gatti play were pretty decent in this game, honestly. There were some dives on both ends. Referee didn't fall for it. Overall, I think the referee deserves some credit in this game, especially those two calls were spot on. Uh, and you know, you want to people want to gripe about it, but you know, Napoli got stronger as that game went on. They had the, the more dangerous of the chances as the game went on, and uh, you could see the goal was coming. And eventually, Raspadori with a great finisher, uh, what a way to win the game late in the game. But it was a, certainly a, a entertaining game despite the low scoreline, and you knew it would be. Yep. Um, so I, 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 I agree on all of those takes, um, that something should have been done with Gatti. Um, maybe that he's getting away with it because he didn't make contact. So, yeah. um, but yeah. no, I, I think the other calls were correct. I think that was clearly a foul, uh, on Lobotka. And then I think that, yeah, the Vlavich offside. Um, so Eduardo saying UEFA may want to ban Juventus from competitions. What will happen with that UEFA spot? Well, yeah. there's still four member, 
four Italian teams get to go to the Champions League. So my guess is that if Juve finish top four and that happens, whoever finishes fifth gets in. And then sixth and seventh go to Europa, eighth go to conference. Um, would be my guess. Uh, yeah, my guess too. Um, so uh, we'll have to see if that actually happens. Because I know that Juve's still not out of the weeds with any of this stuff. No. Um, yeah. You know, and I think that there was something about the uh, uh, about paying players about about paying players during COVID. Yeah. Um, that they're still having to answer for that, and that's still something uh, that's being investigated. The whole so, fifteen points thing was was mostly about that. The reason they got it back is because it was they they felt it was an unjust uh, sentencing for the fifteen points. Like there was no really merit to it. That's why they took it back and said it needs a retrial. Doesn't mean they're not going to get fifteen points ultimately. Um, but it also doesn't mean that they could be absolved. It doesn't mean there's a lot of things going on, a lot of things criminally that I think that's why UEFA is getting involved. They're like, wait a minute, this is legit. If you don't do something about it, we're going to do something about it. Um, so I mean, clearly I, there's something I, happening here. And I've always thought that that case was strange uh, because who de- who defines the value of these players, yeah. right? Chase you know, <laughs> well, sure. I mean. But it, there isn't like a there isn't like a governing body that no. measures the valuation of all of these players. So, in a sense, and this might not sound pleasing to anybody, I, there may not have really been anything wrong with Juventus ripping other teams off um, with their with their inflated valuations of players that they sold. Right. Okay, it you know it's you can you could probably. You could probably say that they they weren't particularly ethical, um, but you know to say that this was some sort of you have to show me where the violation is, and and you got to show me what what rule did they break, um, and then at the same time, um, but at the same time, when Agnelli's leaving, when all of these officials are leaving Juventus, where there's smoke, there's fire. So right. something's coming down here still, and I don't think yeah. that I don't think that the old lady's out of the weeds just yet. For all, anybody who's ever sold uh, sold items at a yard sale, right? You try to upsell all the time and try to get the most money for your thing, and what you shouldn't get looked down on if someone is willing to pay that money. Now, when the shady stuff comes in behind the scenes, they do this stuff like you know to kind of help each other out financially. That's when you know things get a little weird, and you start docking some of the documents and stuff like that, and all the other shady stuff that's been uh, they're being called on. But like, yeah, the the whole like. The valuation thing, it's, it's a hard thing. Like I said, there's no governing body with it. So, like, it's, who's to say that? I don't say this guy's worth $25 million, 25 million euros, and if someone's willing to pay for it, like, hey, that's not on me. That's on them, right? So I, yeah. I can see both ways on that. But there's certainly a lot of things, like you said, that Juve are found guilty of. And when your hierarchy is all gone, they resign. And, and so is the uh, former Patriarchi. Um, it says something. So we'll see what happens. The Pittsburgh Steelers just got Allen Robinson in a trade with the Los Angeles Rams. The Steelers gave up only a seventh round pick for Allen Robinson, a seventh round pick, and the Los Angeles Rams paying over two thirds of Allen Robinson's salary next year. I'm sure the Jets gave up a boatload to get Aaron Rodgers too. So should the Steelers <laughs> should the Steelers be docked wins? Yes, fifteen points. No, <laughs> that's just my team. Um, you know, and then no, the Aaron Rodgers trade. I think that was a I you know I, I don't even what know it ultimately know. comes down to is the Jets gave up a second round pick this year and what probably will be a first round pick next year. Um, once you see what the net gain really was for the Packers with for a near forty year old quarterback, yeah, fine, I'm going to be a Hall of Famer, but 
it's that's a the Packers did really well. So yeah, yeah. for but who knows? Okay, so um, let's come back to Calcio. All right, okay. so Eduardo, I totally agree with you about the the salary case. I I think this is the bigger problem for Juve, um, and yeah. that's going to unfold. And if they are found guilty of some things, and if there was some agreement in place about paying players, not paying players during the COVID period, um, and Juve gets caught, then that's going to be pro- that's going to be problematic. And I think a lot of this, a lot of the evidence is surrounding a, a WhatsApp, uh, a, you know, yep. a, a, among the players where Chiellini yep. was pretty involved. Um, Told guys they said to shut up or something or say you're taking a cut or something to the, that nature. I don't know. Right. So we'll have to see. That's 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 the bigger problem for Juventus at this point. So um, does Lazio's loss mean that second is still up for grabs? I say yes, but I want to hear I want to hear what you say. Yeah, I mean anything outside of first place is not locked up, and so um, Lazio are having a great year, but they have these kind of games. We we, we it's just historical with them. Where they out of the blue they lose to something they shouldn't have and Torino while they're a good squad they should have, they had no right losing to Torino uh, and yeah so second place is certainly up especially the way you know Juve got their 15 points back the way they're playing um, you know don't discount now I mean you got a couple you got a few weeks break until the next like Champions League game so Inter and Milan can start focusing on the league again and they can jump back up on the table too Roma is still in the mix Atalanta they can jump in the mix so I mean it's still up for grabs uh, Lazio are in a good seat a good position right now but. Um, I don't. I don't see anybody in the top four locked up or top six locked up outside of Napoli. So they have trips to both Inter and Milan within the next week. Mm. Um, and sandwiched in there is a home match with Sassuolo. Um, they've got to go to Udinese, but then I think the rest of their slate looks pretty clean, pretty easy. They yeah. they host Lecce in there. They host Cremonese in there. Um, you know. Enough points for them to drop that somebody can catch them. I think that with the fixtures that they have remaining, I think Lazio may – I'm not penciling them in for a top four place just yet, but um, as there's only five points separating second from fifth. But looking at the rest of their slate, I think there's enough points for them to to grab a top four place, probably not finishing second. I think they'll fall back a little bit. I think okay. that the – Fixture list might be a little too much for them to overcome, but I don't think I don't think they ultimately end up finishing second. I I agree with the second place thing. I think of the two Roman clubs, they have the best chance of staying in the top four. Um, I think they're going to stay in the top four, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a lot of time to play still. You know, the season's winding down, but um, a lot of fixtures against you know rivals here coming up. That's going to really tell the tale. We'll see what they're made of. I mean, they've done well so far against some of the big teams this year. Um, especially Inter, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be uh, certainly entertaining. Yep. And, and, I mean, the match at Udinese might be – Udinese might be motivated because if if, if Juventus yeah. – something happens where they're knocked out of Europe, then eighth, eighth, eighth goes to the Conference League and Udinese's two back of Bologna for eighth. Fiorentina's two back. Torino's two back. So suddenly that position becomes very, very interesting. Um Milan uh, now is in fourth, and I think that is based on goals scored mm-hmm. uh, because right now and head-to-head with Roma, it's 2-2. Their goal difference is both plus 14. Um, so uh, are you confident that Milan are 
going to be able to navigate both Champions League and secure top four here this season? I think because there is a what three-week window or two-week window, at least a three-week window, I think, uh, between this yep. game and or the last Champions League game and the next game, they're going to have enough time to refocus in the league and kind of get back into a comfortable position, a more comfortable position where they can they can navigate it. So, yes, I do think they'll be able to navigate the two. Um Especially, you know, we'll see what the first leg ha- happens in the first leg, right? If they somehow get blown out in the first leg, they're going to focus all their eggs into the uh, the, the league. But, uh, yeah, I, I certainly think they can, especially with this next few weeks. They're going to have enough time to kind of get some points back that they kind of lost there uh, during that one stretch in uh, February and March. Yeah, I think so, too. It's going to be – but they might arguably have one of the tougher run-ins. Yeah. Because yeah. you've got the you've got the semifinals here with Inter. They travel to Roma. Uh, and then I th- they host Cremonese at midweek, and then they host Lazio. So at least they host Lazio. Um, in between those inter games, they're at Spezia. Uh, then they host Samp, and then they're at Juve, and then they host Hellas Verona. So um, you're, you, you've got a mix of teams that you're battling for top four with, but then you're also playing some very desperate teams trying to stay in Serie A. Yes. Um, so I can argue that Milan have the have the toughest schedule of these teams uh the rest of the way um if i look at roma um i'm pulling them up right now uh roma have conference league they're at they host milan they're at monza Hmm. um and then let's see how this and then they host inter so that's crazy that's how this the the milanese and roman clubs are intertwined i mean really over the next week richard we're gonna. There's some potential for separation here. Yeah. Um. With yeah. With because of these games that are happening so close together, sandwiched in between the 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 Leverkusen games for the uh, Europa League is a dangerous trip to Bologna. Yeah. Um. Then they host Salernitana at Fiorentina and then hosting Spezia. So I would prefer Roma's run in over Milan's. Um. You know, at this stage, what do you think? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. The Milan Milan's picture certainly seems more daunting. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, even the relegation battles are are heating up right now, and they're all playing well for the most part. And so it's not going to be easy for Roma as well. But I think that I would prefer a Roma schedule to Milan's for for certain. Yep, yep, most definitely. Um, and then we talked about Inter. They're, they've got well, Inter have the the second leg of the Copa here. Uh, tomorrow against Juve. Yeah. We'll talk about that a little later. Then yeah. they host Lazio on Sunday. So there's a there's a dynamic there. And then at Verona hosting Inter. And then they've got uh, they've got the Champions League games. And then in between that is a bogey team for them, Sassuolo, coming to the San Siro. Yeah. Then they're at Napoli hosting Atalanta at Tony. I actually take it back. Inter's got a much tougher run in than Milan do. I mean, at that point, Napoli would have the title already, um, so they'd probably be playing backups. I would imagine, but maybe not. Maybe they want to, you know, set a, score as many points as they can. You know, the way that the way the two through seven is cannibalizing each other, they might have a 20, 25 point win at the end. It's all said and done. So who knows? <laughs> yep. And then there's Atalanta, who's now suddenly in this thing after that win over Roma. Um, you know, yeah. only four out of four points out of fourth. They're at Torino on Saturday. That's actually an interesting game. Hosting, and, and they've got no European distractions. Um, so they're similar to Lazio in that vein. They're at Torino. They host Spezia. 
Then they host Juve at Salernitana, hosting Verona at Inter, mm. and then hosting Monza. Mm. I don't – if they can – you know, they've just been flaky enough. But I don't hate Atalanta sneaking into this top four. And based on that run-in, it would not surprise me if they grabbed a spot. That would be something, wouldn't it? That mm-hmm. would be something uh, if that were to happen. Because, yeah, like I said, Duval's about to play like a madman in that in that game. And, uh, you know, Pasta's starting to come around as well. Coop Miners is having a pretty consistent season. Um, yeah, I mean, that's not out of the realm. I mean, this this Atalanta team is that talented. It just, like you said, they're flaky. And so you can never know what, what to expect with them. You probably, it's probably a team you don't want to bet on because you never know what the hell is going to show what team's going to show up. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they certainly are, are capable, and I, that that run-in is not the worst for them to, to do that. So um, do you think this game with Atalanta for Roma was a trap game, even though it shouldn't be because it's a quality opponent who's fi- vying for the top four? Um, they played so well in that Leverkusen game uh, – or excuse me, Leverkusen game. Uh, their, Feyenoord. Their Feyenoord game to get that victory, uh, and, and then they got you know, Atalanta kind of like lay an egg. And granted, Gasparini and, and Atalanta deserve a lot of credit, but – um, it just seems like Roma weren't this, they just were missing something in that game. And I don't know if it, they, they, it's like a trap game for them unnecessarily or, or what, or does Atalanta were just that good? Mm. I think Atalanta were that good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot to ask a team that plays 120 minutes to quality, you know, in, yeah. in order to qualify for a semifinal place and have to turn around and play a team like Atalanta. Um, so that's that's where I think Juve. We we should mention their run in here too. Yeah. Um, second leg of the Copa tomorrow with Inter, as we mentioned. Then they're at Bologna on Sunday. Um, not a pushover. Hosting Lecce, hosting or at Atalanta. And then they've got the Sevilla games. They host Cremonese in between that. At Empoli, hosting Milan at Udinese. Eh, decent. Yeah. Okay. I you know that's a schedule I wouldn't hate to have uh, for a run-in. So I'd argue right now that Inter and Milan probably have the toughest run-ins um, at this point. Atalanta might have the easiest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Roma, Lazio, Juve are kind of somewhere in between. Yeah. Yeah. Fair so shot. with all of that information, put you on the spot. Fill out the rest of the top four. Napoli win the title. Who's second? Who's third? Who's fourth? Oh my goodness! Um, that is tough. That is tough. I am gonna. It's crazy. I mean, seriously, you got you got nine points separating second from sixth. So it's I, it's it's a really tough call. I'm gonna say, and this is in no particular order, but I think that the top four that we have right now is a top four that's going to be at the end of the season. Okay. Not not in that order necessarily, but I think those four teams. Lazio, Juve, Milan all all stay in the top four. Yep. Okay. Yeah. What about you? I'm gonna yeah, I, I I'm gonna knock Inter out. I, I I think the fixture list is too tough. Um Kyle's going uh exactly in the order that that's original, Kyle. Great job. Yeah. We, we like having <laughs> you, but we like having you, Kyle. <laughs> Just as it reads, Anthony's going Napoli, Milan, Juve, Lazio. So I think every, they, they, you guys think that that Juve survived this and and stay in there. I'm, I think Juve has a better chance of surviving than Lazio. You do, huh? Okay. 
We said that Lazio, it's it's tough enough for them. I mean, road oh, yeah. trips. Yeah, it's um, Napoli. Okay, Apex is saying Napoli, Juve, Lazio, Milan. Uh, one, two, three, four. That Juve will catch Lazio and grab second. So okay. the question for you, Frank: Does anybody outside of that top four right now make it in? Meaning Roma, Inter, Atalanta. You already said Inter. Wow. No. I'm I'm going to say no to Inter. I think the I think the I think the fixture list is too tough. Especially if they go to the finals of the U- of the Champions League. Yeah. Um. I'm going to go with. Wow, um, this is gonna be. This is gonna. Okay, I'm gonna go. <laughs> Napoli, Milan, Lazio, Atalanta. Oh, I knew you were gonna say that. Right on. Okay. Just to just just yeah. for fun here. Okay. Yeah, let's see. Let's <laughs> just, see what happens. Yeah. Just to be different. Just to be different. And I'm not trying to do this quick react to. That would but be something. That'd be one of the stories this season if they make it to the top four. Atalanta sure. don't have Europe. Neither do Lazio. They can focus on these games. Atalanta's got a very manageable fixture list. You've got the Milanese and the and the Roman clubs are going to cannibalize each other. Juventus have to deal with some of these teams. Um, inter, you know, and I think that two through five all in a way or two through six, all in a way having to deal with each other um, is going to lead to Atalanta working their way up and snatching forth. I don't hate uh, the idea of them being in. And I'm also knocking Juve out of this picture because of what Dino's asking about, which is what Eduardo asked about. So Eduardo wants Inter. Eduardo's going to put Inter in there, says Inter is going to come overcome all of it. So. So I've got. So what did I say? I said I said uh, Napoli, Milan, Lazio, Atalanta. Yeah. So, and I and I'll and I'll preface this by saying either one of Juve or Roma is going to win the Europa League to grab a grab a seated spot in the Champions League. I mean, Kyle's not wrong that like Roma's way into the Champions League might be the Europa League, which is very very doable. And then for Inter, same thing. Their way in might have to be the Champions League. And we said this last week that it's a one game affair in the Champions League final. It's possible. Or wait, mm-hmm. wait, I think we said on, on interval wide, it's possible, right? It's possible in a one game off. If it's a two game series, you're going to have to go with Real or, or Man City. But one game, anything can happen. I mean, Porto 2004. Yep. Uh, Eduard, Eduard, are you asking? So who's winning the Champions League, Inter or Milan? Milan. Yeah. It's in their DNA. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it'd be a story either way if either one of those teams won. I mean, this story. is a great, exhaustive breakdown of these teams and looking at their run ins and. And, yeah. and 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 trying to trying to put it together and make sense and determine a, a realistic path. I like it. So, um, but let's move on because we should talk about the uh, can six Italian teams qualify for the Champions League? No, it's not going to be more than five. And I think five, that that's a rule that next, yeah. UEFA has that there can't be more than five. So, yeah. um, but uh, let's move on uh, because there were five other games and there's a it's getting kind of interesting with the uh, uh, relegation fight. There's a couple of teams that probably it's a little bit out of reach for them, but yeah, uh, the battle for who falls to 18th is getting pretty interesting. It is um, like the Undertaker, Hellas Verona are back from the dead. Uh, on Friday, they won against Bologna 2-1 to one, uh, goals uh, from Verdi, two goals by him. Uh, first in, the, in stoppage time in the first half. 
He gets a penalty, a questionable penalty in my opinion. Uh, Baverdi scores there, and then in the 62nd minute, he scored again, made it 2-0. Bologna would get a goal, late goal, goal of the week candidate by Dominguez in stoppage time, but not enough. Verona win 2-1, and they're right in the mix for getting out of for survival. Moving on to Saturday, Salernitana hosting Sassuolo, and the scoreline was completely opposite what I expected, but maybe we should I should have expected better. Uh, Salernitana 3, Sassuolo 0. Goals from Pirola, nice uh, doubleheader uh, in, the, in the ninth minute. Uh, Buladia in the 20th minute. Nice play by uh, Salernitana for that goal. And then a goal of the week candidate. A wonderful team goal by Salernitana. Ended up by Kula Balling the 65th minute. 3-0 again at home against the Swallow. Big points for them in their hopes for survival. Um, moving on to the uh, Battle of Liguria. Uh, Sampdoria hosting Spezia. A goal scoring will start in the 23rd bit, minute by Amione. Uh, Verde was scored a nice goal in the 59th minute. That would be all the goals in the game. This is a very entertaining game for a relegation six-pointer, if you will. Uh, but obviously, it's a derby. That's what you're going to have. Moving on to Sunday. Uh, Sunday, we had probably one of the most entertaining games of the weekend. Monza hosting Fiorentina. Uh, goal scoring would start in the eighth minute. Kwame with a nice header. Uh, Fiorentina get a nice lead. Five minutes later, Saponara with wonderful patience uh, right in front of the goal, one-on-one. Makes it 2 nothing. Fiorentina's walking away with this. Look at this. No, no, no. Hold your horses there. Um, first, Samarcic uh, with a... Excuse me, Samarcic. I'm in like wrong character. Baragi gets an own goal for uh, the Monza. Makes it 2-1 to one at that point. Uh, and then in the 43rd minute before halftime, uh, Mota would get a goal. Makes it 2-2. Two, two. You're like, what is going on here? They completely blew that lead. And then to make insult to injury, penalty uh, against Fiorentina. Pessina steps up, scores the goal in the 59th. Monza win 3-2 against Fiorentina. Monza just proving they're the real deal this year. That's a, What a storyline for them this year. Um, speaking of a team that's uh, having a storyline, at least at the end of the season, maybe uh, Udinese. Udinese 3 nothing against Cremonese. Cremonese, they're dead and done. Aren't they, Frank? Uh, it's uh, They've been struggling here, not really get, performing like the other teams have been. Uh, Samarcic with a goal of the week candidate. Wonderful outside of the shot in the second minute. Um Nahuan Perez, excuse me, in the 27th minute, made it 2-0 uh, within the first half hour. And then uh, just 10 minutes later, Isaac's success with a nice solo run uh, to make it 3-0 before halftime. That would be all the goals they would need in this game. Uh, Udinese won easily in their game. And then that's uh, that's my batch because, yeah, the rest of the games were all the top-tier teams. So where do you want to start? Um Let's look at the. I, I'm I'm pulling the information on the teams from 14th to 18th because I think Cremonese is down. I think Sampdoria is down. Um, my opinion about Sampdoria, though. Um, okay. I hope that I like Dejan Stankovic as a manager. Yes. I thought he was doing some good things at Savannah's Vesda, and this was a very, very difficult job to take and to agree to take. I hope that, and maybe someone like Vito Doria can reach out to us or something like that um, and, and explain it, but I'm hoping the plan here was to bring Stankovic in, understand that his job's safe whether they get relegated and that he gets the opportunity to build this team in his, in his vision and rebuild it. And if he has to rebuild it in Serie B, then, then so be it. Um, yeah, I think but, uh, we we were saying the same thing for Shevchenko in Genoa a couple years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it didn't happen. Uh, so I hope for your for for everyone's sake that Sankovic does get to keep the job. Uh, but it seems like you know 
some of these clubs that are like the horse store clubs that never get relegated when they when they get relegated they just want to clean up shop and i, I hope sankovic stays in there because i think he's good for them I, yep. I really do yep um and then uh as it pertains to cremonese it just they got started a little too late here um you know there's some decent talent in their team it's just it it took way too long to come together yeah. um you know so for me it's uh you know they're they're done and they're done they're done and dusted so um I, I i looked at these remaining let's look at the run-ins we're gonna go let's go let's start with salernitana 33 points right now um a a much needed win over sassuolo but not out of the weeds in my opinion at napoli in what's going to be a title clincher on yep. Saturday, and then midweek hosting Fiorentina um, at Empoli, hosting Atalanta at Roma, hosting Udinese at Cremonese. Ouch! Wow, they better find a way to get some points just to make sure they're secure. That I think that that's probably going to just intensify how important this win was over Sassuolo, um, because there are some very dangerous games here for them down the stretch. I mean, they st- I, realistically only two. Or, I would think three points for sure. Thirty six might be safe. They're going to get blown up by Napoli, aren't they, this weekend? Napoli's oh, they're going to get. Napoli. They're going to get it handed to them. Yeah, like that's, at the, Mar- that's at the Maradona, and, and Napoli have probably already scored two goals before Salerno County even <laughs> get on the pitch. So, I mean, that's. I, I just. I think that's a. I think that's a just a an, an epic beatdown because Napoli's going to. Want to do that? Turn it over to the Interlazio and 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 let them let them draw points and then clinch this title, and so they can put it and cruise the rest of the way. Yeah. Um. So Salernitana has got a difficult run in, you know, but might have enough points where they're okay. Empoli go to Sassuolo. Going to go to a very pissed off Sassuolo. Um. After what happened against Salernitana, then they host Bologna. They host Salernitana, so that's going to be an interesting game. Then they're at Samp. Then they host Juve at Verona, hosting Lazio. So it's not all that easy for Empoli either. Yeah. Um, Lecce host Udinese. They're at Juve. Um, let's see. And then they host Verona. That'll be a huge game. Uh, that's on May 7th. Um, and then they're at Lazio, host Spezia, at Monza, host Bologna. Um, that's not terrible. Uh, you know, for their survival prospects. Spezia host Monza. They go to Atalanta. This is one of the teams that I thought was prime. Uh, then they're at Cremonese. They host Milan at Lecce, which will end, which we think is going to end up being a really big game. Host Torino, and then they're at Roma. Um, so some games in there where Spezia are going to be dealing with some teams that are going to be fighting for their, for their lives. Now, Verona are at Cremonese this Sunday. Okay, they win that. They're in a there's you know which they I think they will, yeah. This gets even more interesting. But then they yeah. got to host they host Inter at midweek, then they travel to Lecce, um, Verona must. I think six out of nine points. If they lose to Inter, win the other two games, I think they're in a really good position on thirty two points. Agreed. If they get there, <clears throat> then they host Torino at Atalanta, host Empoli, and then they're at Milan. Doable for them to get out. Yes, for me. Um, I don't think I think Salernitana still remains in this conversation despite being seven points clear of safety, mainly because of that run in. Um, there's a very there's a very good possibility that they don't get the points required to stay up, and that you know there's enough games between these teams uh, that could that could make this really interesting. Um, knowing that run in, if do Verona get out, and at whose expense do they get out from? 
do they get out for? That's, that's, that's almost as tough as the top four, right? Um, yeah. I I kind of want to, I kind of hope it's Spezia. You know, no offense to any Spezia fans uh, right out there, but you know, because Bulladia and some of these guys can go to other places. But I have a feeling, and I hope it's not the case, but I, I have a feeling it's Lecce. They've kind of been on vacation mode for the last month or two. And they've been dropping points. They were comfortably mid-table, and now they're just dropping and dropping, and they can't stop. It's a free fall for them. That's my fear. I think Lecce is somehow getting into the mix, and they get relegated. I hope that's not the case. I hope it's Spezia out of, out of Hellas's um, uh, expense, but uh, we'll see. I mean, it's tight. I don't know. What do you think? Okay, so Lecce is currently two points ahead of Verona. Um, yeah. And they play each other very soon. Okay, so if we let's look at Verona. Okay, uh, at Cremonese win, right? Three yeah. points. Okay. Hosting Inter loss. Yeah. Okay. At Lecce. Oh. That's what up. I mean. That's what I mean. Let's just say draw. Okay. okay. Four. Hosting Torino. Could be a draw. Draw. Five. At Atalanta loss. Hosting Empoli win. I think yeah. they'll beat Empoli. Yeah. That puts that gives them eight points. And then at Milan loss. So eight points for me for Verona. Okay, 34. Lecce. Yep, 34. Okay, Lecce. Hosting Udinese. Draw? Yeah, probably draw. Okay, because they've been decent at home. Yeah. Uh, at Juve, loss. Yeah. Uh, Verona, we already said draw. Yeah. At Lazio, loss. Yeah. Hosting Spezia. <sighs> draw. I don't know. Draw? On their form? Probably. Yeah. Three, po- three points. At Monza. Loss. Loss. Hosting Bologna. Loss. Okay. Three points. So we think Lecce is <laughs> going to get three points on the run in, and that will put them on 31. Wow. We gave Verona, what do we give Verona? Verona six, or we gave eight. eight. So we put them eight. on 34. Okay. So it's there very real. That's, so that's a very realistic scenario. Yeah. But just for fun, Spezia is in this conversation, right? Yeah. Okay, so let's just let's let's pull them up. Why not? <laughs> okay, because we're okay. So we're 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 giving we're putting Lecce on thirty one points to finish the season. We're putting Verona on thirty four to finish the season. So Verona is safe. All right, Spezia right now are on twenty seven. Yeah, they host they next host Monza. Loss. At Atalanta. Loss. Okay. At Cremonese. Ooh, that's a win. Okay, three points there. Uh, hosting Milan. Loss. Okay. Could be a draw. <laughs> uh, at Lecce, we gave that a draw, right? Yes. Okay, so that's one. So that's four points for them. Uh, hosting Torino. I want to say it's a loss, so I can see a draw. Let's give them a draw. All right. Okay, and then at Roma, loss. So that would put them on 32. Okay, so that's, we think it goes... We think okay, and 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 so Spezia is prime certainly, um, but right now the way we look at it is that Lecce is 18th on 31 points, Spezia is 17th on 32, and then Verona will get to 16th on 34. Yeah, wow. Okay, wow. so and you know based on that, we think you know M- Salernitana and Empoli are safe enough because ought to be able to get two to three points that would keep them ahead of Verona, or at least, I mean, 33, we said 31's the 31's 18th place. So that pretty pretty much means by default, Salernitana and Empoli are safe. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Okay, so 
Here at City, I sit down. We think Lecce is going to be 18th. Oh, man. Tough, tough. I like that team a well, lot, we got, our, we got our friends there, too. Lecce fans, I UK, know, and they're not going to like hearing that. I know. So, but we're, we're hey, looking at guys, form. The benefit for you guys, every time we pick a Lecce, Lecce has won. So that's the benefit you guys have yep. for, to look forward to. <laughs> now, we did give – we said Lecce Spezia was going to be a draw. So it's really, I think, so we've basically made the case here that That Spezia 32, Lecce 31. Lecce Spezia basically decides who goes down with Cremonese and Sampdoria. That's that's how we're laying this out. So, um, wow. We'll definitely watch that game now. (laughs) That'll be put it on the line, you know? Yeah, we're telling you, May 20th, 8 o'clock in the morning, my time, 9 o'clock in the morning Eastern. Is that a Sunday? Yeah, that's a Sunday, isn't it? Or is it Saturday? Oh, too far ahead. Uh, it is May, May 9th, the 20th. May 20th. Saturday. It's a Saturday. It's a Saturday. Some other doing it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see why they're doing that. Okay. So Saturday, May 20th, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central is the game that's going to decide 18th place. Lecce and Spezia. Yeah. We think Verona's getting out and on, on the form that they're in. Yep. So Wow. So... Salernitana should be happy with that 3-0 win because that probably secured their safety. Empoli has done enough. They're going to be the they're going to be the hit the beach team the rest of the way. Um, so basically, we think 32 points wins it. Uh, uh, survive, you survive. We think 32 is 32 is the cutoff. 32 will definitely survive. Yeah. Now, if Lecce wins that that game against Spezia, they finish 17th on 33. Spezia finish 18th on 30. So, so 32, 33 is going to be the survival number. So yep. Empoli are already there. Salernitana are already there. So here on Serie Sit Down, we worked that out for you. But watch the games anyway because it might yeah. <laughs> it's going to end up being totally different. Something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So. You're drinking beer. I'm drinking water. I mean, and when and when I'm drinking beer, you're drinking water. This we got to get we got to get that sorted out. It happens. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oil and Gold, Yeah, goals of the week. Goals of the week. All right. Um, I guarantee ours is going to be different. Uh, yeah. First, number five for me, Dominguez, his chip goal. Uh, I like that, yeah. Consolation goal, but it was a nice goal, so I like that. Uh, number four for me, uh, team goal by Salernitana. Yes, I said Salernitana. Mm-hmm. Koulibaly's goal. I thought it was a lovely play by them. Number three, is Lukaku back? He might be back. Uh, his second goal was a wonderful wonderful one-on-one by him, a nice placement on the shot. Number two for me, I am going to go, Juventini, cover your ears, Raspadori's winner. And, and late in the game uh, to, to basically give themselves a title, basically. Uh, so that's number two for me. Number one, what is number one? Well, something we didn't talk about, uh, Roma's Primavera team won their uh, – they won the, the Primavera Team Cup over Fiorentina, the reigning champions. And my goal of the week is from that game. Yes, I said the Primavera game is my goal of the week. Uh, it was a no- lovely team goal by Roma. Misitano scored the goal, assisted by Cassano in extra time. Uh, Roma went two to one, but that is my goal of the week. Misitano from Cassano from Roma Primavera. Boom. Is that Cassano Jr.? It might be. I don't know. I don't know if it is, honestly. It doesn't look like okay. it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it could be, though. Never know. Yeah. So, yeah, because I, I, I don't have that on there by default, it's different. Um, but my goals of the week in at number five, Mario Pasolich's volley um, yeah, after the. Nice cross from Zapata. I will I will footnote this. I had a hard time leaving off Diaz's goal uh, for Salernitana. Yes. I had a hard time leaving off Dominguez's goal for Bologna. Um, yep. as just two examples that I was trying to. And then also Isaac's success is counter and curler. I should be should be nice uh, should be given a mention too. 
but the Postalage Valley comes in at number five for me. At number four for me is going to be Elich's winner for Torino over Lazio yep. uh, from distance. Uh, in at number three, uh, Big Rom uh, with the second goal, as you mentioned. Uh, uh, wonderful individual effort from him. Um, in at number two, uh, it is the late winner from Raspadori mm-hmm. uh, against Juventus through the wickets of Chesney. Um, was Chesney, right? Chesney's back. Yep. Yeah. yeah, good to, good to have him back, too. And goal of the week for me. Take him on a – let's go on a run, boys. <laughs> Rafael Leao. Uh, just going the going the distance again, going on a foot race and beating the Lecce defenders and big smile on his face as he scores the goal and puts it away. And I'm a homer and so what? Um, get your own podcast if you don't like it. Rafael Leao's solo goal is my goal of the week. For what it's worth, last year his MVP season, 11 goals, 6 assists. This year, 13 goals, 4 assists. This Things day. haven't really changed all that much, and he is heating up. A, he is heating up at the right time for Milan. So, yes. um, so we'll see what happens with that. Let's move on. We've got uh, Coppa Italia on the brain. One-one uh, in the first leg between Inter and Juve. So a big game tomorrow, Derby d'Italia, uh, to determine who goes to the final. Do they have of- away goals in Coppa Italia? I think they still do. I thought they still do. I think they used them last year. I think they still do. Uh, there's a good way for me to find out. Hold Who on. Who was the home team last game? Juve. Okay. Uh, so the game is at the San Siro. And it does not show. Lead. Okay. Usually they, I think, I don't think they have it now because. Okay. There would be like a little on sofa score. There'd be a little marking over who would have the advantage after the first right. leg, and they're not showing one. So, right. um, so Inter and Juve. Fortunately, Romelu Lukaku's uh, suspension was overturned. Yes, um, and that he will be available to play in this game. I thought that that was um, ridiculous. Necessary. Uh, yeah. Quadrado still suspended. Handanovic still sus- still suspended. Clearly, Inter can live without. Andanovic, they've got Onana. Um, yeah, yeah. Juve may be able to live without uh, Quadrado. May not need him in this game the way this tactically sets up. It should be De Cilio in that right wing back position uh, to probably deal with and confront Fede DiMarco to try to prevent crossing, to try to prevent certain playmaking elements that DiMarco does from the wide position. Um, I think that De Cilio is going to get called on to do a lot of that. Uh, so other than that, uh, I think this is going to be two teams that are that enjoy not having the ball and play better in counterattacking situations and possession. The possession situation with both of these teams is going to be really ugly um, when they're in those in, when they're in those particular environments. What do you see coming out of this game? Unmute myself here. Um, yeah, it's. Uh... <laughs> It's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be a feisty game for sure. We saw how the the, the last game ended in fireworks. Um, certainly, you know, when you have the Derby d'Italia, two heated rivals, it's going to get that way, right? I'm glad to see that Lukaku's was uh, ban, whatever, is rightly re- reversed because um, it was it was not justified to call the the card that he got and whatever. So. What I expect, though, I mean, you got two, you got two cup managers here too that know how to play these kind of games. Um, it's difficult because I think Juventus have been playing so well here the last, I don't know, 
two, three months at least uh, for a long time too. Um, but I, I kind of like, I, you know, Inter's going to be at home. The TIFO is going to be fantastic. It, it always is at San Siro for either team. And I, I like the way Inter have been playing, not only in Copa Italia, but just in cup games in general. They just rise to the occasion. And I feel that they're going to, I mean, we saw what Lukaku and Lartaro did this weekend. They're almost back to like, well, Lataro. I mean, uh, Lukaku is maybe Lataro is still too early to tell, but they look like they're starting to get the stride back. They're starting to score goals now. I, I think Inter will, will could win this game. Um, it'd be uh, it's gonna be a tight game no matter what. I think it'd be a tight defensive game. You won't see more than three goals total in this game. I think maybe a two-one scoreline here. Uh, but it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, a chess match between Inzaghi and um, and Allegri. You got a lot of people cancel each other out. You mentioned already DeShelio and DiMarco um, and some of the defenses with the, with the attackers. Yeah, it's going to be a, a feisty affair. I think it's who's going to want the ball. Who's going who's going to let what manager is going to give up the ball? They both they both are like you said their strengths are counterattack. It, it's hard to tell. I mean I, I I go I'm going with obviously Inter in this one in a very tight game, but um it's still I don't I can't even imagine who's going to have more possession of the game. Probably Juve. I would guess, but uh, anything's possible. But for me, Inter wins. I I I go with that, but I think it's going to penalties. Okay. Um, I'm going to go one-one regulation stoppage, and I think it's going all the way to penalties. Uh, I think that these two teams play each other so tight. Yeah. That there's not going to be that kind of separation. Um, you know the way that Inzaghi will send it. They're both, you know, Allegri and, and Inzaghi are kind of built as good cup managers. And I just think there's a lot of things going on tactically between these two teams that cancel each other out, um, which make it hard for me to just predict an outright right winner. So <laughs> I <laughs> – well played, Dominic. Um, yeah, there's no away goals. So this is going to be – I think it's 1-1. So 2-2 on aggregate goes to penalties. And I will send – I'll send Juve to the final just because I think they're going to have the better penalty takers if they're still on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, you look at it. If you just look at the keepers, who's better? I mean, they're both really good goalkeepers. I think Chesney proved in the World Cup. If Anyway, he's already proven in City. More seasoned. Time. He's more seasoned in the penalty kicks. He just gets in the mind of people. I mean, he's, he's stopped Messi. He's stopped a bunch of guys. Um, he had two, didn't he have two penalty stops in one game and uh, won, won the World Cup games? Um, yeah, I... I Onana is a fantastic keeper, but I think if it was a penalties, I would back Chesney. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a good game overall. On uh, the other semifinal, we've got Cremonese and Fiorentina. Fiorentina lead 2 0 on aggregate. Um, so they have the advantage now. Uh, Cremonese has been on this incredible run. It, the game is at the Artemio Franchi, I should point out. So Fiorentina have the away goals now. <sighs> we thought that. The second leg in the conference league against Lech Poznan was going to be a formality, but Fiorentina nearly found a way to screw that up. So, <laughs> yeah, I think, but I'm going to go and 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 err on the side that Fiorentina learned from this, um, and that okay, one one seems reasonable, two one Fiorentina, but either way, Fiorentina is getting to the final. I I think it'd be great to see a Juve Fiorentina final for Coppa Italia. Oh yeah, didn't we have that last year? Or maybe it wasn't, uh, but yeah, no, that's certainly. I think it was a semifinal last year. Um, yeah. yeah, it was yeah, a semifinal last year. 
That would be a, a fantastic. I think Fiorentina are, are certainly gonna um, win their game and and go into the final. I, it should be easier than the Lech Poznan game, which they should have won easily, but they didn't. Uh, with a two nothing lead, I don't see Cremonese scoring well. That's the thing. They could play each other equally in this game. I don't see Cremonese outscoring Fiorentina. I just I just don't. Yeah. Um, Fiorentina gave up two goals this weekend, but it was still Monza. Monza is a good team versus you know um, versus Cremonese. No disrespect to them. So. Uh, yeah, it's just this. Um, it should be a formality, honestly, at this point. And I, I certainly think Fiorentina is going to make it there. Um, I'm just looking at some uh, previous stats to don't mind me, but uh, yeah, Fiorentina should get this. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, that's a pretty, pretty formal thing to say. Um, and then the games this weekend, uh, we can talk about that real quick. Um, Roma, Milan. Uh, Inter Lazio, uh, the top four, a little bit of a little bit of crossover, a, a huge uh, weekend in terms of the top four. There might yep. be separation, or things might get even tighter. Yeah, which way are you going? Um, yeah, that's tough. I mean, I think ooh, Lazio did enter a good one the first time around. Um, Inter seem to be getting into a swagger though at the moment. Um, I think Inter need to win more than Lazio need to win for sure. But and let's that, ask this how will Inter be? If I'm setting a scenario where Inter are going to have to go 120 minutes in penalties with Juve, are they going to be able to have the mentality to brush that off and be ready to play Lazio for a chance to get their way back into top four? No, that's going to be a difficult ask. If they go to 120 mm. minutes and, and penalty kicks, that's going to be difficult for anybody, not just Inter, anybody. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I, a lot is on the line. I mean, basically for the for Inter, at least in this case, they have to win, win out, basically, to get into the top four or win the Champions League. The mm. latter is going to be the harder part. Uh, well, both are hard, right? <sighs> I don't know. I think uh, I'm going to say that the top four gets tighter in the Inter-Lazio game because I think Inter find a way to win. Okay. And I say there's separation in the other game where Milan um, finds a way to win against Roma. It's just uh, Milan's kicked into the gear here all of a sudden defensively, uh, and they're scoring goals with Leao's woken up, and Roma has... uh, stumbling a little bit here they look good in, in europa league uh, and in the league in general but just uh i i don't i don't see i fancy milan in this in this game and not, and not just being a homer pick i just I, I think milan's playing really really well at the moment so uh milan create separation inter make it tighter with lazio okay i i'm on board with that i think and, that- and that's the, the point too right there where uh Ferhat says no dibala no winaldum no smalling it's it's there's a lot to ask there's a lot of injuries i mean dibala he was limping already at the final game, and he was limping at the in the Atalanta game. He is injured, and they need him for the finals or semifinals. And it's a Milan right now that are defending extremely well. Yes, back okay. to last year's form. Exactly. They'll 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 be ready for Abraham. They'll have a. I think they'll be able to under you know be able to to cope with what Pellegrini does from the playmaking standpoint. There's a little bit of a different dynamic that Spinazzola brings that. I think Calabria can still work against. 
Um, you know, I mean, if, if you, 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 the, the theory is, is that if Calabria can defend as well as he did against Kvartoshalia, he should be able to cope with what Spinazzola is going to bring to the table. Yeah. Um, and if he's going to have cover and he's going to have support, but I think things are still are going to be freed up where Kiar and Tamori will be able to occupy Abraham. So I think the defending part of it's going to work out just fine. And then I think Milan find a way to get a, I, I think they win one nil. Mm-hmm. Um, over Roma at the Olympico. I think it's another one of those tight, grinded out kind of games. Yeah. Um, play it like it's a cup game and and play it with that kind of mentality. I think the Inter Lazio game is a draw. Um, I, Kyle, I, Kyle says the same thing. Um, I yeah. So I'm with so I'm with Kyle on this. I I go one one there. Lazio will find a way to get one. They won't drop all the points, but they'll get to 62. Milan will get to 59. You know, Juve ought to tie Lazio on 62. So it'd be 62, 62, 59. Roma on 56. Inter on 55. And then maybe Atalanta's on 55. So fifth through seventh gets snug. And then there's a three-point gap from fourth to fifth instead of being a tie. So that's, I, that, that's where I see it happening. Okay. So... Man, I mean, these a lot of these races are so close, and we already have called it. No, let's Lecce Spezia, May twentieth, nine a.m. East. I'm calling. We're calling our shot. That's the that that's the game that's going to decide eighteenth. So, um, so anyway, wow, we have uh, we have exhausted it, haven't we? We have, we have, um, as we always do. You know, I mean, we we're exhausting, cover- Frank. <laughs> Oh, exhaustive. Sorry, exhausted. Not exhausted. <laughs> yeah. When you got a, you got an hour and change to try to cover twenty teams, it's not easy to do. But uh, we somehow find a way to pull it off, and uh, let's uh, let's try to lighten up the uh, yeah mood here a little bit with uh, the world's most popular hashtag game. Who won Calcio Twitter? Let me get some music in the background just to make it a little more fun here. Uh, all right, kicking things off. Uh, nomination from Anthony. Uh, it's a Kareem. It's football underscore uh, Kareem. And it's, uh, let me start from the beginning here. Get the audio here. All right. So it's Jerry Carnell with Milan. The moment you see Omani de- deposit hits. <laughs> Jail, Jerry can take the money once that Champions League money deposits. <laughs> I like that. Okay. At Alexio, uh, this is Kier Palulu. Uh, at Alexio7. I'll see him in V Milan. That's Niang. Bye, Niang. At least, well, I'll see him in scored. So yeah, we can't yeah. be, that, that, it's kind of harsh, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. All right. From Inter Germany, it's Lautaro when he realizes the next Champions League match is against Milan. He wakes up <laughs> from the dead. This yeah. is true. This is going to happen. Very true. Okay. At Saturnion, 13. Real Madrid, 14 Champions Leagues. Milan, 7 Champions Leagues. Inter, 3 Champions Leagues. Man City. <laughs> uh, I, I swear I should be here. I swear I should be here. A dog among sheep. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Francesco. Uh, Italian calcio politicians realizing they don't need to reform anything about Italian culture now that the excuse that an Italian club will play the Champions League final. <laughs> They're all celebrating <laughs> like Grosso and, oh, and Zambrota. Oh, my God. Awesome. Uh, Siavush Falahi was nominated. By the way, thanks again, Anthony, for all the nominations and helping us out with this. Um, Inter in the Champions League. The bus is running everybody over. Será una partita infinita. 
Oh, that's good. That's good. All right. Uh, another good one here. This one comes from uh, the big semifinalist, a.k.a. the big show. And it's uh, me trying to find Napoli fans <laughs> on the Twitter line after Tuesday. This was one of my favorite scenes from The Sopranos. <laughs> Phil's trying to run away from him. God. Uh, I'm not going to say what this is reference to, but... Watch the whole thing. I don't want to get a strike against it, but uh, it's a great clip there. My big show. Just goes on a high speed chase. So, yes, uh, moving on at Football Italia, at Foot Italia 1, Roma post game. This is really Mourinho's uh... studio. We have many former champions. They will have so many questions to ask and. <laughs> so, Cassano, for those who don't know, Cassano took a shot at, at uh, Roma and uh, Mourinho, uh, in particular Mourinho. And so they asked him, obviously, in the studio, uh, asking all these questions. They're like, oh, what do you got for questions for all the champions? And he's like, oh, obviously, Cassano's not there because he never won a championship. <laughs> so that's pretty good by Mourinho. Uh, moving on, next nomination comes from uh, Uncle Sharma. And it's Digibyte's directors when they closed the deal knowing with Inter, knowing that they weren't planning to pay one penny. Scarface reset. We've had a Sopranos reset and a Scarface reset. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Bobby has nominated Napoleonismo. Oh, dear Lord, what's Napoleonismo? Zidane after seeing Quadrado (laughs) dribbling himself in training. Uh, That's fantastic. That is great. That's great. (laughs) Oh, if he put his face on there, it would be better. Uh, (laughs) Well, speaking of kicks in the face, uh, Vronx in training against Pobega. Oh, that's, that's that's one way to get your Spartan spot. Yeah, or more playing yeah. time, I should say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let's well, let's see. see. So uh, uh, at Nicholas underscore Calcio, breaking news: Referee Michael Fabri has entered the courtroom to ask all Scudetti <laughs> be assigned to Napoli. Okay. This is after the uh, performance where Juventini were upset with all the calls against them. Uh, yep. That's pretty funny. Uh, moving on, uh, where are we? Okay, Anthony. Uh, nominated Jerry. Okay, so Jerry gets the nomination here. He goes, Juan Codado, best highlights. Codado <laughs> hmm. <laughs> just falling on the ground. That is like Codado right there, perfectly. That is, very much. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, all right, and let's see here. At, uh, I think it's Nemesir. Yeah. Okay, describe snakes without using any words. <laughs> Monucci, Chalanolu, and Donnarumma. <laughs> and Kessie. <laughs> Kessie's good. there, too. And Kessie? Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, that's funny. All right, that's all of them. Uh, oh, which one you got? Uh, I got to go with Napoleon Eastmo, I think. Um, or I can go with Nerazzurri. Which one do you like? So that's Nerazzurri. Which one's uh, the soprano scene? Napoleon Eastmo's the, the Zidane. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh. Yeah, I'm gonna go with this one just because, just because. Yeah, uh, Big Show might be taking a shot at somebody at the other one. Uh, I'll keep quiet about that. But uh, yeah, let's go, Napolitanissimo. <laughs> All right, he is a master at his craft once again. Napolitanissimo has won. Who won? Calcio Twitter. Oh my goodness! Say some words to the people as I uh, load this up. All right, let me turn off the penny hill here. Um, 
so if you haven't read, got a chance to do it yet, uh, let me see if I can uh, switch this over here. But uh, uh, recently wrote an article on the sh- um, what's our website called again? Cityhousetown.com, uh, asking the question: Is Calcio King once again uh, with five semifinalists in the uh, Champions League, Europa League, and the Conference League? The question needs to be asked: Is Calcio back? And so uh, I write an article going back about the last five years and how Calcio is really emerging. And give it a read on Cityhousetown.com. Um, definitely check it out. Uh, looking at Furhat here in the in the in the chat, he says, uh, "Imagine Milan, Inter wins the Champions League, Juve Roma wins the Europa League, Fiorentina win the Euro, uh, Conference League, and Copa Italia winner in the qualification for Champions League season will be a mess." Yeah, that's gonna be a headache. Be. Uh, imagine also the storylines. We talked about this on Inter Worldwide. That imagine if we get three, um, and also on, on also on low limit football. Imagine there's three Italian winners this year in Europe, right? Champions League, Europa League, and Conference League. And imagine all Italian. Uh, Europa League final. I mean, the possibilities. I, I, I think at least two titles come out of the, the three. What do you think? Yeah, two is most realistic. It's just a matter of which two. Um, I say it's the conference in Europa. Okay, I, 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 I buy that. I think it's going to be whichever Milan or Inter getting to the final. And I, I, I said on on Anthony's show last week that I, I just think Milan are going to get to the final. Um. I just I think it's going to be a bridge too far, whether it's Man City or whether it's Real Madrid, um, especially if it's Real Madrid personally. And I think we laid out in that conversation, you'd rather play Man City in the final because you're playing an opponent who has a much heavier burden to win a final, yeah. to win a Champions League final because it's the one trophy that's not in their case uh, since the uh, since the takeover since since the takeover and all the money that's come in. Um. You know, where Real Madrid just know how to win Champions Leagues. Um, and uh, Fiorentina versus West Ham in the final of the Conference League. Yeah, um, good possibility there. Could be, could be a good one. Uh, yeah. But it's still, a, it's a good Oz at Alkmaar team that Fiorentina are going to have to navigate to, yeah. to get to that final. So, and, and for those who didn't listen to Interworld Wise uh, podcast with, with us on it, uh, you picked Milan to move on from the semifinal. I picked Inter. Um, but I think we can all agree. I, uh, I, I imagine all of us would agree that around the world, the biggest game would probably be between Real and Milan because you have the two yep. most winningest teams in Champions League history, two teams with massive auras, uh, you know, in the Champions League. It would just be a, a massive occasion. Not that any other game, any other combination wouldn't be, but I just think Real versus Milan, the two most winningest teams uh, in this tournament going against each other. Um, a current dynasty versus an old dynasty. It'd be it'd be interesting storyline, the biggest storyline. But you know, either way, it's going to be entertaining. A club and a man and its former manager returning yeah. to Istanbul to play against each other. Yeah, yeah. And Chelotti even said he he would love to play Milan in the finals. You know, obviously both teams have to get to get there first, but he would love to see that. And that would be a fitting way to maybe end his uh, his uh, career as a Nash or as a club team manager maybe moves on to national league national team milan getting revenge at istanbul what about ancelotti getting a re- getting revenge at istanbul he was milan's manager in 2005 when that happened yeah. so that's true. um it's uh that would be the the, the storylines that would come out of that is absolutely great yeah. so it will see and i don't want but i don't want to write inter off um nope. so you know if with, inter or milan win it will be uh, i think a uh, talked about game for ages if, if either of those clubs beat the opposition Agreed. Very, very much agreed. So 
Well, with all that, I think we'll put a bow on this edition of City Sit Down. Uh, we have our own channel on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever there's podcasts. There's City I Sit Down. You can follow me at FTC underscore 21. Uh, you can follow Richard at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Check out the website. Check out the article as Richard uh, talked about. Good read, by the way. Um, and... Uh, at City I Sit Down on Twitter and Instagram. You can uh, drop comments there. Uh, who won Calcio Twitter is just on Twitter. Hashtag Who won Calcio Twitter. Keep it clean. Don't be offensive. Don't be a dick. Um, uh, keep it funny. So, <laughs> um, And uh, Facebook. Yeah, we're on Facebook, but we don't check that as often. So uh, you may not hear from us if you try us there. Uh, if you are watching us here on the YouTube channel for the first time, please subscribe. Uh, if you enjoyed it, drop a like um, and uh, click on that notification bell so that you can get alerts from us when we go live on the air. So uh, that is it. Yeah. Uh, next Tuesday, next Richard, Tuesday. Have a guest. Yeah, next Tuesday we'll have a guest. Uh, actually, it might not be next Tuesday because Frank, you're out. Of, you're out for this next one. Uh, so I, I will. Am. I will probably reach to another hemisphere for my guests. And it might not be on a Tuesday. It may be on a Sunday. Maybe um, on a Sunday. Okay. And it may be of a rival. But we'll get to that when that comes. Stay tuned on Twitter and, and Facebook and all that stuff. And we'll let you know who that is. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, you'll know the person. Yep. I will be uh, flying to Texas or flying home from Texas, depending on when you are having this podcast. So. Uh, chat, uh, shout out to you guys. Thank you all for coming in, chiming in, giving your comments and asking your questions and being a part of this. Uh, so I will see you in a couple of weeks. Richard will uh, see you guys sometime next week with a guest. So that's right. Until then, uh, make sure you keep telling your paisans about us. Ciao.